Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one, with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. What up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. The pain, the passion, the podcast. My name is Craig. Some people call me Axe, and on the other mic is Barry. What's up, Axe? Oh, oh, I, I, gonna, I didn't know I was supposed to come in there. I, I you know, I never know. <laughs> I was hoping you would, but I don't like coming in there. I know I like I like you to come in with the music. Yeah, me too. It's like a grand entrance. This is like fucking bullshit. But you came in, you dipshit. Well, there was too long of a pause, <laughs> motherfucker. By the way, Barry and I, when we got on the phone tonight, just started calling each other the worst names possible for some reason. So that's why I just called him a dipshit. He was call me way worse before. This is season two. Episode 51. What did you call me before, by the way? I told you to, like, suck on a turd, you bitch-titted pussy. This is Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig and Barry. This is Rock from City Australia. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve this here. Manny from Stanford. Calling all the way from Palm Springs, California. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. What is up? What is up? Do I say what up usually to you? You say, you say what is up. Why have I forgotten what I say? I don't know. I thought it was like second nature at this point. What up, Barry motherfucking cocksucking D? Oh, I don't like that. What's <laughs> up, you stupid... Okay, stop I got it. nothing. I used kids, them all up already. Kids could be listening. You are all, by the way, listening to the number eight sports podcast in Zimbabwe. So... That's a fact. We'd like to give a shout out to all the Zimbabweans out there. <laughs> There's probably one. You know what's going to come of this by me saying that? I know some other podcast is going to be like, well, we're the number two in Zimbabwe. <laughs> well, we're going to rise to number one. That's going to be our goal. Yeah, we are going to take over Zimbabwe. So all the listeners or all the one listener out there in Zimbabwe, thank you. Yes, we thank you. What's going on, Barry? It's been a while. Uh, we're going to talk about Summer League. We'll talk about RJ Barrett. We talk about the Marcus Morris signing becoming official today. Uh, the Reggie Bullock redo of his contract. Some more Oakley comments disparaging the Knicks. We'll talk about the Knicks roster. And uh, I know there's some things on your mind, Barry, that you want to get off your chest. Well, a couple of days ago, you know, we were texting back and forth. Now, I should say, I, I whenever I am in the car and I feel the urge to text, I'll do voice to text. Because obviously, I figure that's a safe way to do it, right? I think most That's really that. what you're always doing. Because I... I am literally driving and texting. Well, so, well, here's the thing, it's, which is probably just as bad. I do voice to text, but then I check to make sure it came out right, and it never does. There's always a couple of words that are Ugh. totally off. So then I correct it. So Craig and I were having a conversation. Via so then text you got to do that impossible thing of running your thumb. Oh, I got to hold it down so the cursor pops uh, up. It's in, that's harder than just typing. I know. I should probably just type. Well, I shouldn't do it at all, is the point, and the point I'm getting to. So we're texting i'm on the parkway in the left lane you know doing over 60 miles an hour i almost fucking flipped over my car what? i really almost flipped over my car <laughs> no. i i Barry. i i drifted into the divider my left wheels lifted off the ground and i bounced back down on the ground i almost died 
I what almost Are died. you being serious right now? I'm being totally serious. My heart was beating out of my chest. And then I sent you one final text. I and said, look, was... I almost got into an accident. I, can't <laughs> I saw that. Anymore. But you, I just thought you almost like got into no. a little accident. Dude, I almost flipped over my car. I'm telling you. So I am never texting anymore. No more. What no. is wrong with you? I, I'm an idiot. And I'm never going to do it again. I mean, I'll be honest. When I'm texting and driving, I'm going like two miles an hour in traffic. But you almost ran over a divider? Yeah, I, I almost... And I what was this? And then, and tell, then I'm like, tell everybody what, what this text exchange was between us. Can you just read it? Like at the moment that it happened? Yeah, I'd love to know what what we were talking no, about. We that were, was so important. We were talking about the podcast. We were talking about guests that you know that uh, we'd like to get on for this coming season. We were going back and oh. forth in different like guest options. That's all. And I was shooting down everyone, right? Yeah, you're like, I don't like that guy. I don't like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, put that shit aside. I don't like his opinions. I, it's not about opinions. People rub me the wrong way. I just don't like having them on. All right, fine. That's it. Because, you, I think you dude, we have to too. suffer through and talk to them for like 20 minutes. Right. So listen, guys, if you if you end up on this podcast, you know that we like you. At That's least. true. That's a good point. Yeah, because otherwise we take it very personal. <laughs> um, All right. Speak, well, speaking, of, speaking of texts. I, by the I way, can, we're, by the way, uh, that would have been a very sad. Um, tonight could have been a really sad episode. We would have had uh, to do a whole dude. fucking tribute to Barry. Yeah, and then the whole ride home, I'm wondering, what does the side of my car look like? You know, because I totally went into this thing, and I'm, like, dreading Hold the on, worst. Hold on, you hit something? I hit the divider in Did the middle of the parkway. Did you say you hit the divider? Yes. So how does your car look? So I get I get home, I'm, like, I don't know what is it's going to look like, and then there's, like, this <laughs> tiny little thing on the front of my car. My wheel must have taken the brunt of it. You know, my, my, my tire must have taken the brunt of it, so thank God, like, I didn't <laughs> oh do any damage to my God, car. Barry. It was so bad. Barry. It was so bad. I'm telling you, I was this close to to flipping my car. It was that. I bad. mean, your whole family would have hated me forever. They wouldn't have hated you. They would have hated me for texting. No, because your your inclusion in this podcast basically and, would and, have ended your life. And that's the thing that like everybody says. No, you you should never text and drive. I never text and drive. And meanwhile, like 99 percent of people do it. You I know? would have. I would have. Re- I mean, it would have been perfect for the title of the show. Like it is a hard next life. Yeah, you know. Right. Right. But uh, speaking of texting, I continue to get these Could I, um, can almost I ask daily. You, but can I, before you go into that, can I ask you a question? If, if yeah. that ever did happen, yeah, would it be okay with you if I went on and I found someone else to do this with? Or <laughs> seriously, or like maybe we should decide that right now. Like if I die at some point, I give you permission. I, I would, I would like you to move on from me. Is this sad? Are you getting upset? You're really quiet. No, I'm just thinking about all the possible co-hosts I could get if you go. And, you know, I'm just imagining what it'd be like. <laughs> oh, just imagine all the technical fucking difficulties you guys would oh, have. Oh, forget about it. I can't do it. I can't do it. That's what I, that's what I count on you for. All right. Well, mm-hmm. if you if something happens to you, can I, can I get something yes. else? Yes, right. you, you can. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. So line up. And if anyone, if anyone wants to take a hit out on Barry, you know. <laughs> you know that there'll be a chair to fill. You know that there will yeah, be. Exactly. All right. So yeah. what about the text? Yeah, so I continue to get these um, texts from my mother-in-law, but they're they're just links. She only sends me links, and we oh, don't com- no. like we the, don't communicate normally. This is your you know? mother-in-law who uh, doesn't think uh, you're taking care of yourself, apparently, because like the last text I got, uh, again, these are just links to YouTube videos. That's all I got. It's just a series of fucking links to YouTube videos, <laughs> like almost daily. And uh, so today I got 
obesity is a national security issue. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm far from obese, first of all. Um, I, okay. Then, <laughs> you know what? She's crossed the line. <laughs> a couple of days ago, I got how to reduce gut inflammation. And then, and then I get a bunch of like right wing videos as well from her. It's either about weight loss and like how sugar is the devil or how like, you know, Democrats are like destroying the universe. Have you talked to your wife about this issue? Yeah, she says, uh, she says, just don't respond. Like once I responded to one of the videos, I was like, oh, that was interesting. And my, my wife is like, why did you do that? That was the worst yeah. thing you could have done. And are you <laughs> are you sure that your wife isn't secretly complaining about your weight to your mother-in-law? She's definitely not. You're and, positive. And by the You're way, positive. Because I've positive. seen your wife give some looks at you when you order out at dinner. No, get us. the hell out oh, of here. Yeah. She does not. And by the way, for the last two weeks, I've exercised every single day. I've been on a diet the last two weeks. I'm losing weight. Uh and it's not oh. because of the pressure from my mother-in-law. Are that you just sure? Happens to be Are you sure? Yes, yes, yes. You know that the next time you see her, she's going to take all that credit. Whatever. Who cares? Let her feel good. Right? When you see her, how often do you see her? Maybe like... And by the way, eventually we'll talk about the Knicks, right? Yeah, we'll get yeah. there. Uh, maybe like two to three times a year. <laughs> and does she ask you to like take your shirt off or anything? Or? No. No? Okay. No, she doesn't say nothing. It's only via text. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, Summer League is over. And while it was fun, it was fun. I'm kind of glad it was over because those games are fucking late at night. Yeah. They're not the most exciting. Night after night, you're watching a West Coast game. It was brutal. Yeah, it's good. You just got to, you know, just remind yourself, look, I'm not going to get any basketball for the next three months. Let's, you know, take it for what it is and. You know, try to get a grasp of what these players are going to look like a little bit. Of course. R.J. Barrett really turned it around since the last time we did a podcast. Yeah, man. What'd you think? Totally. Did you, did you li- I mean, you liked what you saw? Yeah, for final, sure. Like, three I mean, games, right? After those first two games, forget about it. Like, the, the biggest negative, you know, again, shooting is shooting. You're going to have bad nights. Again, it was the first two games he's played in a long time, mm-hmm. so we knew that was going to be down. The turnovers was a glaring thing the first two games. And then he, he fucking, you know, took took hold of that shit yeah i was so right. impressed with just his all-around game you know yep yeah and him his getting into the lane and he just he played a lot of point for some reason for he us did. he did i don't know if that's something that they want to try during the season i wouldn't be shocked if they wanted to right um but yeah he he's a good passer he he had a lot he had these games with like eight assists one game he had eight assists 10 rebounds 21 points yeah it was great watching him out there. Dude, he's he's still 19 years old. I know a lot of these guys are young when they come in. But for a 19-year-old to have that well-rounded of a game, I know it's just summer league. Everyone in those first two games where he was struggling, not everyone, but a lot, all the critics were saying he doesn't have any elite basketball skills. What makes R.J. Barrett potentially elite in a way is just his all-around game. Right. You know, when you can put up nice numbers across the board and be a triple double threat, that's an elite skill. Yeah, and we we already saw like glimpses of him being able to get to the line at will. Um obviously he's got to work on his free throw shooting because you want to make those free throws what they are. They're supposed to be free. He's got to take advantage of those. So hopefully he works on that among, you know, other things. But uh but yeah, I mean, that's a great sign. You get to the line, you know, eight times a game. 
especially if you could do that as a rookie, that's great. Right, and he was doing all of that just in the flow of the offense, not demanding the ball in any way, not hogging the ball. It was, right. it was, it was really positive. Yeah, the, yeah, the points started accumulating up, um, you know, and uh, yeah, it did not seem forced. I do get worried like a lot of times when these guys are approaching triple doubles, though, that that's like totally on their mind. And again, it's a summer league game, so who cares if it was? But, you know, I just feel like that's such a, a problem, um, you know, especially if you're in a close game and, you know, you're, you're trying to, to perform as a team. And meanwhile, like, you know, you look up the, at the scoreboard and you see that you're two assists away and maybe you're going to pass something up to get that. I mean, it's not a, just a problem for R.J. Barrett. I'm talking about just really any player in the league. It's so tempting to try to get that triple-double, which in the end really means nothing. You know, and obviously, you know, you're better off taking the points if it's there rather than trying to round out your stats, you know. Probably a discussion for another day, but but uh, nonetheless, I think it's an issue. It's very concerning to Barry. What are you drinking now? What is that? Uh, this is whiskey with um, pink lemonade. As you mentioned, it's always whiskey with something. Because that was a... That was a really weird color. That's whiskey this with is, pink it's, lemonade. Uh, it's Trader Joe's. Can pink I see lemonade. that again? Yeah. Let me see it. Yeah, because Trader that Joe's is like pink a lemonade. that is like a weird orangey looking drink. Yeah. Amber. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Mitchell Robinson was everything we expected Mitchell Robinson to be in summer league. A powerhouse. Ended up, ended up being on the All Summer League team. Good for him. Some recognition. Dude. I mean, he shot 85% from the fucking field in summer. That's what he does. Because <laughs> because he dunks the ball every time. Or, no, actually, you know what? He doesn't he dunk the ball He did some finger rolls. He did, exactly. Yeah. The finesse from this seven foot one dude. I love it. And he did that last year, too. Around the basket. He's graceful. And oh. and, he, and he, just, he just puts the ball in the basket. You throw it up anywhere in the universe. He jumps up and grabs it. Love him. That I can I mean, I'm buying I'm buying that jersey. I have not bought a jersey in oh. like I don't even know. And and the swagger now when he blocks a shot and he's starting to stare people down, it's just the confidence is just uh overwhelming him. It's Dude, great. The, it's, I love Mitchell Robbins so much. The day after he changed his number to twenty three. You know oh. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went you to did, the did you actually I went, buy it? I went to the MSG store like an idiot, thinking they'd have it. For some reason, when I want something better, I have to have it like that at that second. I needed this 23 Mitchell Robinson jersey. Went to the MSG store. They looked at me like I was crazy when I asked if they had it. Oh, really? Because it was too soon? They have like nothing in there. I don't get it. They had like nothing, Barry. Well, that's because it's fucking July. Who's going into the I think MSG all they store had to buy were Barrett jerseys and old Porzingis jerseys. Ugh. And then, and then like some Oakley and Starks and Ewing jerseys. Right. Yeah, and then, I, then I went It'll to the NBA packed. store. Nobody fucking had. I mean, first of, of all, no one just carries Mitchell Robinson jerseys. You have to wait till the season's going on. Yeah, yeah. So I couldn't get it. So I'm still, I still don't have it. All right. But I will get it. Uh, Brazdakis. Oh, man. What a well-rounded player he Love is. Love Brazdakis. He's strong. He's confident. He's a shooter. He can drive. He can pass. Is this guy all around... I, I, not greatness. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But this guy's an all-around NBA player, man. Yeah, he does a little bit of everything. And what you just said, his shot is what excites me the most. His, specifically, his three-point shot is that he brings all that toughness and team play. We need shooters on this team badly since Dude, last look, season. That was one of our biggest weaknesses. Yeah. He can shoot. He can shoot the ball. 
Yeah, I mean, and I don't think it was a fluke because he was pretty much doing it throughout all five games of Summer League. And if I think back, and again, I know this is Summer League and you know it's hard to really put an emphasis on, on what did we see, right? What, what was I looking at? You know, is, is the talent a level down that he's playing against? Obviously it is. How does that affect what I'm seeing him do? But if I compare him to the Knicks roster last year, what are there maybe five guys that were better than him? last year as far as how he looked out there in summer league i mean he looked a lot better than what hazonia is he looked a lot better than what most of the team was i'm really excited to see him play i think he's going to get big minutes for this team you know i think he's going to get you know 19 20 minutes a game the only thing that might keep him from getting minutes is the insane depth on this team which we'll talk about later it is insane but i i love him he's a, i mean he is going to be a fucking steal. Oh. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah. He is really good. He does not look like a freshman in college, you know, or somebody that just came out of their freshman year. He doesn't. You know, if you ask me to, to, to tell you about this guy that, you know, I, I knew hardly anything about, I would think maybe he was a junior, you know, and they got this guy that's got a lot of experience. You know, he's been playing ball for a long time. Obviously, he's been playing a ball, but on the college level for only one year, and he looks like that. And we picked him up in the second round at what? What was it? Forty-seven. Yeah, exactly. Knicks paid an extra million buck, paid someone a million bucks to move up there. Well, right now it looks well worth it, and I mean, give it to this Knicks front office. Like right now, I mean, so far so good. Listen, that summer league between Knox, Robinson, Barrett, and Brozdakis, and Trier, who only played one game but was fantastic in that one game. Yeah. I mean, I know it's just summer league, but they all gave you a—they all gave you everything you wanted them to give you. Yeah, they all—they've cl- all climbed the ladder from where we left off with them. Nobody looks like, oh yeah, he's not as good as we thought. Like they all look very promising. That's—that's that's, what is that? Five guys on the Knicks summer league team, all in their first or second years, all between nineteen and what twenty-one years old. Yeah, and and, it, and they haven't played, you know, two, three years in the league. They have one year under their belt in the league, you know, Barrett and Iggy aside. One year in the NBA. And that, that's normal. A lot of second-year players play in summer league. We see it all the time. And they, they outshined so many others on the court. Anything else you want to talk about summer league before we go on to uh, thank one of our sponsors, my bookie? No, I think that's all I got on summer Wooten, league. Wooten was good. Right, you like Wooten? Yeah, I, I like Wooten a lot. Like, and I hear people saying, "Oh, you gotta, much. you gotta sign." What did you say? So we don't have to talk. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, I won't you talk can't about go him that crazy much. over Wooten. I know a lot of people say, "Oh, you gotta sign him." Yeah, he looked great. He looked like another Mitchell Robinson blocking balls left and right. But I think that's all he does. Right? Does he, yeah, exactly. Can he do anything else? So is he worth taking up a roster spot? I don't think so. I mean, kudos to him. He looked great out there. But again, it's just blocking shots. Really, what is that going to do for you? You know, <laughs> overall. Right, you know, you're not making the NBA by just being a, a guy who does one thing, and that one thing is the least important of all the things you could possibly. Right. What's do. great about Mitchell Robinson, besides the amazing shot blocking that he does, is the fact that he is so athletic, that he is so mobile, that he is so quick, that he can, you know, put the ball into hoop. You know, we haven't seen him do it from far away, but he can do it in so many ways when he's around the rim. Right, Mitchell Robinson. I love Mitch because he affects both ends of the floor so much. On defense, he's swarming all over the place, affecting everybody. Down there. And on offense, the other team is so worried. You could tell when the point guard brings the ball towards the paint, 
that the man on Mitchell does not want to leave Mitchell Robinson. So That's right. they go wherever he goes. They will not drift over to whoever's going into the paint, which makes it much easier for the rest of the teammates. Yeah, absolutely. And and even when, you know, Mitchell's still working on his lateral quickness, so but if he does get beat off the dribble, he's so fast to step back that the guy that beat him off the dribble is laying up the ball and Mitchell is right there to swat it away. He recovers so quickly and he makes uh. up for any lack, you know, any any uh lateral movement lackness that he has. But anyway, it's hard to believe, Craig. <laughs> but football is almost back. Fuck football. The NFL preseason kicks off with the Hall of Fame game on August 1st, and soon we'll have regular season NFL and college football. That means it's time to make an account at the best online sportsbook known to man. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting is exploding in popularity. If you want to get in the action with a trusted company that's been there in business for years, my bookie is the place for you with an easy, no-hassle, mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport and prop imaginable. My bookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. Maybe you think Drew Brees and the Saints get the revenge for the terrible blown call on last year's NFC Championship. Or maybe you think Tom Brady and the Patriots win an unbelievable seventh Super Bowl. Why not make money when your prediction comes true? And if you deposit today, my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right. 50% deposit bonus. That's right. You put in $100 and they'll give you $50. You put in $1,000 and they'll give you $500. It's that easy. Football weekends are the best, but they're even more thrilling when every touchdown can win you more money. Go to mybookie.ag <laughs> and sign up today with promo code LIFE. At mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Wow. I was giving Barry the signal to speed it up, which is why he was going crazy there in the middle. <laughs> yeah. All right, maybe if you weren't so out of shape, you could get through that read without All getting so right. out of breath. All right. All right. I feel like a million bucks. I feel like a million bucks. I've been cutting mm. out sugar. I've been whatever. <laughs> Sorry to sound like my mother-in-law. As you're drinking your pink lemonade and whiskey, you cut out all the sugar except for that. Well, that's a little tiny something. Come on. So today we signed Marcus Morris officially. One year, $15 million. And in order to do that, we had to redo the Bullock deal because I guess Bullock is going to miss the first month of the season. Yeah, and did you see the difference from what we were gonna sign him for, for what we actually did sign him for? It's crazy. Now, it's now like what is it? More than half. Now, what is it? Two years? What? Uh, it's like four eight million seven. or nine million. Well, I think he gets like four point seven million the first year, but then there's a team option on it, which is great. Oh, Again, yeah. the Knicks protected themselves so much this off season with all these team options. It's terrific. I I love the team option. I love it. Oh, uh, yeah. That's gonna come in. A lot of people are complaining about it. How can you? Saying it's such that a these guys are rentals, policy. but they're not rentals. These are not rentals. No. They're not just one-year guys, and they're not going to be playing for a contract necessarily. Unless they want to leave, unless they want to get off the Knicks. There's no downside to these two-year deals with a team option in the second year. Nope. If the players want to play that second year with the Knicks, they're going to have to buy into the whole team game. Right, and if they only look out for their own stats, then the Knicks aren't going to sign them back, aren't going to take them back. Unless maybe the Knicks, unless they play for their stats and they turn out great and the Knicks just like theirs. I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's great because it does leave a lot of flexibility and they are seems to be stockpiling all these guys, which is going to be interesting around the trade deadline if any of them are valuable. Other teams, other playoff teams might want to bring some of these guys on. 
Yeah, and this is the type of thing where if you're the Knicks, you don't even think about it. You don't think about what you're going to do with these guys until that time comes because you want to see how the season shapes up. You know, I don't have high hopes for this team. But again, I mean, if you exceed expectations and you're sitting in a spot where, wow, like these guys are firing on all cylinders, you know, Fisdale gave them some magic juice and they are just, you know, shooting the fucking shit out of the ball. They're playing defense. This does not look like this Knicks team. And we could actually make a run to the playoffs. Maybe you keep these guys and you don't trade them. Or you say, look, we're going to fall short. Or maybe, you know, there's really, this isn't the year. Maybe we can make a run for the AC, but really, where are we going to go? Um, you know, and you turn these guys over to a, to a contender that you're going to get back some draft, draft picks for that the other teams are willing to give up. Yeah, or you got a, or you got a bunch of good quality guys in Portis, Morris, Gibson, yeah. Bullock. Yeah, and you, you know, just roll all these. It. Maybe all these guys are playing well, and you can afford to give up one or two of them, right? And decide for who you a draft keep. pick or something else. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's really a great position to be in. I mean, if I'm going to give the Knicks a plus or a minus for this off season, I give them a plus. I saw somewhere that you know the the off season grade someone gave us a C plus. C plus. Which I mean, I if you're gonna say little, C, I, it's a little harsh. If you go with C being average, right? Like a seventy-five. That's your average. Uh, I'd I feel say, like you got to give them at C least plus an and B minus. I don't think it's that far off. Right. All right. We're, so, well, I don't know, but let's see. Charles Oakley made these comments. All right, Barry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Because he said the Knicks have no A players. They have some Bs and a lot of Cs. I think they. I know. I think he said they have one B. Okay, he said they, they may have one B. He said B. they may have one B. Yeah. And a lot of Cs. Right. And, and I don't think he's that far off, to be honest with you. If you're going to be fair and accurate, yeah, can Mitchell Robinson become a B or an A? Yes. Yeah, right now, of course, they don't, they don't, they don't necessarily have any A players. They have guys who can become A players. That's a right. young team. Yeah. If we, we have to can say R. that Can R.J. Barrett player, become an A player? Yes. Can right. Mitchell Robinson become an A player? Yes. Kevin Knox become an A player? Maybe. Right. If you have a problem with what Charles Oakley said, you really got to dissect this and think about it. An A player has got to be an all-star player or a potential all-star player, right? The Knicks don't have an all-star player. Yeah, the closest Rich guy they got is Julius Randle. Julius okay? Randle is far is, from an all-star. He could definitely become an all-star this year. He maybe can, so give him a B. But Mitchell Robinson hasn't earned it yet. Okay, no, because yeah. these guys are fucking 19, 20, 21 years old. Right. It's just, yeah, I understand that on the surface, Oakley's comments aren't right. inaccurate. Hurts, but it's hurts, annoying that he feels the need to fucking say that. Right. What like, hurts you, is seeing you, an ex-Nick player talk this way about a Nick. Usually, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all, especially it's about, it's about your alma mater. It's especially annoying because, I mean, I love Oakley. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Granted, he's getting my fucking nerves lately. <laughs> but Oakley wasn't an A fucking player either, right? Well, the other thing is, back then when they were playing, we didn't have social media. We didn't really know what these guys said, you know, behind closed doors. We didn't know what they talked about, right? He could have been as much of a fucking annoying idiot <laughs> then as he is now. Who exactly. Knows? He just didn't read his tweets, you know, because Twitter didn't exist. But honestly, him and the rest of those Knicks were B and C fucking players. Thank God that you guys had Patrick Ewing. That's a good point. Because he was the only A player by far on that team. That's right. We have more potential for A players than the Knicks had back then, now. And herein lies a problem. 
Because, yes, we mentioned it earlier. We said we're going to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Do the, the Knicks deep, the have the deepness deep of this roster? <laughs> yeah. The, the do they have, have a deep roster? Now, here's the thing. Do they have what a does deep everybody roster? Say? Is that well, a fucking joke, Barry? Well, here's the thing. Do they have a deep bench? Yes. And, and, and what do I hear people say? Oh, it's a good problem to have. Is it? Is it a good problem to have? Because what's going to happen? What's going to happen is, well, first of all, here's what I think about this deep bench. They're not a deep bench of great talent. They're a deep bench with guys with almost the same talent, which is not that high of a level. And Fisdale is going to have to be the one to figure out who he's going to delve these minutes to. Is that true? What do you mean they all have the same level of talent? What I'm saying is what I, I think this... There's is actually it, a nice mix of ages and... Uh, ages, experience, positions, potential, positions, like yes. Portis, you got Portis who's super young still. A lot of potential. Yes, but when I line up these guys and you know, maybe I'll take Randall out of this, I'll take Marcus Morris out of this, but when I and uh, Mitchell Robinson as well, but when I line up the rest of these guys, I it's hard for me to point at this guy and say, "Wow, he's a lot better than the guy next to him." Or he's a lot better than the guy next to him. So a lot of these deep benches, you have like, you know, seven quality guys that are getting a bulk of the minutes. And then you get like a few more deeper, you know, rotational guys that are going to come into play. I think it's going to be difficult to figure out who earns and deserves these minutes. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's fairly clear. Do you? I, I don't think Ellington and Dotson... Look, and, uh, when we say a deep bench, it doesn't have to be 15 deep. Who plays 15 players? When you talk about a deep bench, you want to have at least 10 guys, you know, right. that are like revolving doors, 10, 10, 11 guys. If you're I really going to have I a deep I could bench. easily see like Taj Gibson not getting a ton of time, but being more of a mentor to Mitch. Right. Coming somebody in in short spurts, you know. Somebody takes a night off. Right. He, That's he where I see Taj Gibson. I feel like that front court. Like that power forward center position is mostly going to be Mitch, Portis, Randall, and like Morris. Yeah. Like those yeah, Morris four guys. will bounce back. Yeah. Between three and four. And Gibson will come in for like eight minutes to spell somebody when he needs to, or if they need a little spark in some way. Bullock's going to be out for the first month. Maybe it'll be longer. Who knows? Yeah, and for all, and there's for all, always fucking injuries too. For all you fucking uh, Noah Vonley lovers out there, Marcus Morris is going to fill that hole. I think mighty fine for you, <laughs> you know. And I know he's a he's a you know he's probably like a, a you know Vonley played a little five, which Morris really isn't going to play. You know, he's more of a, a four and a three. But what, what I mean is, you know, Vonley would step out behind that three point line a lot, and it never fell for him. Well, especially late in the he had the, he had a couple months where it was. He had a couple months where it was, and then he thought that he could do it all the time, and then it just stopped falling from. That's when Morris, I fell out of love with Fonley. He was for like two or three months. We all loved him. He loved yeah, like Marcus a Morris. Is a guy that's going to take four or five three pointers a game, and he's going to hit one or two of them. You know, he, he averaged around thirty-seven percent for three-point range, which is great. Do you have I, all those numbers with you? I don't have those numbers in front of me. All right, because I was looking at this roster too. Because I, I was wondering. First of all, we know it's deep. One of the things I love the most about the about the guys that the Knicks got is that a bunch of them can shoot from three. Finally. Right? And in a Portis, streaky league. Portis yeah. was like 40% three-point shooter last year, something like that, I think. Uh, he wasn't quite 40, but he was close. I think it was around 38 or 39. 
and then Morris can hit the three. Randall. Oh, who did you say before that? I'm sorry. Who did you say was Portis? Oh, Portis. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, I don't know what. I think he was like forty percent. Can you check that while I'm talking? Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) And uh, we, as we said, Brasdakis can hit the three. Knox's shot looks a lot better this summer league. Ellington, that's pretty much what he's known for is his shot. Dotson, we know, can shoot. DSJ is supposedly working on his shot a lot this summer. Yeah, he did shoot 40% last year. I mean, he didn't he didn't play a lot. He played 28 games. Um, no, he didn't only play. He played 28 games? Or is that oh, from, no, I'm sorry. He was I'm on sorry. two different that's, teams, right? That's right. He was actually on three different teams. Oh, okay. yeah, he played plenty. He played plenty. Um, but yeah, and he yeah. shot forty percent from three f- f- over yeah. all those teams, right? Yeah, yeah. The total, total fifty games. Uh, yeah. So listen, like last year at the center position, this day and age at the five. A lot of teams look for their center to be able to step out and shoot the three, which is why Luke Cornett, when he came in and played, I think did so well. But for the most part, we either had Ennis out there, Mitchell Robinson, or DeAndre Jordan, or Vonley late in the season, and none of those guys can hit fucking threes. Right. So you can tell that that was a Nick priority this offseason. Yeah, we've been saying it for so long. We need guys that can shoot. Portis, Morris, Randall, Brasdakis. You know, and, all and what's and what's the one thing Dennis Smith Jr. has been working on this offseason sh- that he won't I, shut up about? Right. Yeah, I just said that too while you're looking up the stats. Oh, see, I can't read and listen That's at right. the same time. But now a majority of the Knicks front court players can hit the three. That's big. That, That's huge. It's going to stretch everything out. It will. It's going to make a big difference because that was one of their biggest weaknesses last season. One I thought was just their their thinness up front. Right. We were playing like guys like Luke Cornett, which is a joke. And the fact that we didn't have many shooters. And they fixed both of those, maybe to excess at the power forward position. A lot of people are bitching about that. Bill Simmons likes to bitch about that. Joking, that mocking the Knicks that, oh, looks like they're going to revel. They think they're going to revolutionize the NBA with like devoting $60 million to four power forwards or whatever it is. Yeah, give me a break. What a, what a, like a mocking <laughs> type of statement. Which, you you like, saw that, right? Yeah, so I tweeted out right after that. Um, about I said it's not like the Knicks front office or their fans are boasting about their signings. We're not overstating what they are. We're basically saying that the, the signings are what they are, and what they are is they're sensible. They're it's a patient process. It's an upgrade from where we were. I suppose Barry, we should have just left the roster the same as it was last year, and no one would be making fun of us. That's yeah, what we should have yeah, done. Exactly. Yeah. What the, should the, we have done when we didn't get KD? <laughs> when we didn't get KD and Kyrie, what should we have done? Should we have signed? Who should we have signed? A second tier star and been mocked for that? Got we sign actually decent NBA, good NBA. These are good fucking NBA players, and we did it right and we're away. Getting mocked. We didn't wait a couple of days and see who was left in the scrap heap. We jumped on it the first day. We signed Julius Randle after we saw the other stuff wasn't going to happen. I'll be honest. I think everyone's pissed at us, to be truthful. Be- because we, because it was too hard to mock us? Because we weren't we didn't do No, I think everyone's pissed because we signs. took a lot of these. We immediately jumped on a lot of these guys that weren't stars while everyone else was chasing the stars. That's right. And That's we right. got a lot of these players that other teams might have wanted. Yeah, and, and you could and say, we hey, look. We didn't like take anyone else's 
shitty contracts in exchange for draft picks. That's we didn't right. help anybody out. We didn't do anyone any favors. And I think everyone's pissed. We thought about the team. And, you know, you could say, yes, it's a star-driven league. You can't win championships unless you have superstars. Well, look, we're not in a position to win a championship right now. We're, we, what we want to do is we want to get better as a team. We want to develop our younger players. And you do that with, with creating a team around them. And that's what we did. The Knicks, the Knicks are building a team and a team culture and, and creating an identity for themselves with the players that they picked. We're going to have the last laugh this season, Barry. I think we're not going to be, you know, we're not going to win 40 plus games or anything. Are we going we might, to overachieve or are we just going to improve from last year? Well, because let's the talk Vegas about that. Odds came out. What are the Vegas, what, what do they have us at? Because so every year, listen, I'll be honest, every year Vegas does this and every year I'm like, Vegas is crazy. That is so low. There's no <laughs> right. way we're going to win that few games. And even after last season, I said, that's it. Every year I say, we're going to go over that. And you know what? Vegas is always right. But I know right. what's well, going to happen this year. Bar, I'm going to say that like they're going to be way under. Barring a crazy trade or, or an injury, yeah, because a lot of stuff last year didn't come true. But that's because, you know, X player got hurt or, or this one got traded to here. But um, it depends where you look. But but the average win-loss total that most places are giving you is 28 and a half wins. Uh, uh, what did they give us last year? Do you know that? I want to say like 30 and a half. Oh, so they were way off last Maybe year. Maybe 31. Well, really we also true? thought KP was coming back. So again, that's what I'm saying. That's a big, you know, that's so a So they have us at 28 and a half. They have us at 28 and a half right now. Which is a big improvement from last season. Yeah. So what yeah. would you go over under on that? If you're going on to my bookie right now, can you bet that on my bookie? Not yet. I called them before we got on the air. For real? I for real called them. They said they should have that up in a day or so. Okay, guys. Well, here you go. This is your chance. Do you believe in the Knicks this season or not? Do you believe in the depth or not? I, I'm just, I swore I would never do this again and go over, but I'm going over this year. <laughs> 28 and a half games. Uh, I think they could squeeze over. I think they could squeeze over. I think it's pretty darn close to where they're going to be. But I, I, if I had to bet, I'd go with the over. How many yeah. games are they going to win based on this roster? Knowing as little as we know right now. You know what? I, I say 30. <laughs> begrudgingly. But I say, I'll say 30. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. Uh, you ready for this? Are you fucking ready for this, Barry? I don't know. I'm going to go 39 wins next Woo! season. Woo! 39 wins. If the Knicks win 39 games this year and more than double their win total from last year, and that's actually, they could be looking through the window at the playoffs at 39 wins. We'll throw a parade, right? <laughs> yes. You're kidding me? Parade. Scott Perry and Steve Mills are, are going to be up for run, you know, up for winning management of the you know, general right. manager of the year. Now, here's a thought I had today, which would be fucking better than 39 wins. The thought that I had is, let's say everybody exceeds expectations. Dennis Smith Jr. has a breakout year, kind of like D'Angelo Russell had uh, this year. And they end up fighting for that eighth seed with the Nets. And it's a playoff race between the Knicks and the Nets. And the Knicks edge out the Nets, and the Nets don't make the playoffs. 
after the summer we just had of the Nets signing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and the Knicks getting shit on, and yet the Nets don't make the playoffs now after that, and the Knicks do, that, my friend, that, my friend, would feel just about as good as winning a championship right now. I'll be honest, I was taking the train home from work tonight, and this is no joke. And we all joke around about about how the Knicks, how we don't really think about the Nets. I forgot about the Nets for the past, like, at least a week. I forgot they fucking existed. Someone tweeted something about the Nets, and I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot that KD and Kyrie were even over there, that there was even a fucking team. Barry, so thank you for reminding me again. I don't care about, I know we talk about the Nets a lot, but really they're not even in my thoughts. But that would be great. I'd love nothing more than to see fucking Brasdegas throw Kyrie right on his back. <laughs> right on down in his knees. Can no, right, no, no, right not, down to that happen. flat earth surface. <laughs> Want to check out a couple of voicemails? Hey, Craig and Barry, this is Mario from Jersey. Quick question for you. Um, last season, we really needed shooters and defenders. Uh, so, how do you think we look on that front? And also, what do you think of the fact that we had? We have as many power fours as we had home wins last season, which is insane. All right, guys. Take it easy. I guess I should listen to these voicemails before we do the show, Barry. Why? I'm listening to them for the first time. (laughs) We pretty much spoke about all that, right? What did he say? What was his last? Yeah, but that's well, well, the first thing was about defense and shooters. Yeah, and they checked those boxes. Right. And the other thing was about the power forward position. He said we have about as many power forwards as we had home wins last season, is that what he said? <laughs> is, that, is that what he said? I believe that's what he said. Uh, well, again, again, these power forwards are guys that you could switch around. You know, they a couple of them can shoot. You can move them between the 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 three and the four or the four and the five. So I don't have a problem. I don't think they have too many power forwards. Come on, there's only five positions on the court, guys. I know we we spoke about that. They're frontline players. That's all that matters. We have frontline players. Right. There's not even real positions anymore. I was thinking about this today. Mitchell Robinson will start. You know, he'll play like seven or eight minutes a game. He'll start up there with Randall. And then either Morris or Knox, right, at three, probably. Do you think that's going to be Morris or Knox? I would say Morris. All right, so Mitchell Robinson will start. Then he'll come out after like seven minutes. Fucking uh, Randall will probably shift over to the five at that point. Portis will come. Someone like Portis will come in. There's no... We don't. You don't necessarily need a backup center, backup power forward, backup small forward. It doesn't matter. They're all just interchangeable guys. Right. Well, between Fisdale's six gonna need nine to do, and seven feet. Yeah, Fizdale's going to need to figure out who complements each other. Right. Like who has good chemistry to with one another. You know, that's what he's going to need to do and figure out. Which could be tough when you have all you know all these players there. What I don't want to see is like, like I don't mind seeing mixing and matching at the beginning of the season. I just don't want to see like, you know, these five guys are always playing together and these five guys are always playing together because you're not really going to be able to, to, to tell who has the best chemistry when you're doing that because there's not enough combinations. So I don't, see, I don't mind seeing a lot of combinations the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, I'm assuming that Fizdale, the way he wants to play with, you know, everyone giving 100% effort all the time defensively, offensively, that he's going to be just moving these guys in and out constantly. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen it before. When a guy's hot, he's going to leave him in. He's going to give him extended minutes. You're going to ride the hot hand. And then he, uh, Mario asked about defense this year. Do we think that improved? 
Uh, we definitely got some good defensive free agents, right? Sure. Bullock, Morris. Gibson. Gibson. I mean, those are, I mean, those are improvements in my eyes. We'll see. It's going to be more about Team D. Frank Nilakina is still a Nick, by the way, for any of you who's watching that train. He might just never get on the court, but he's still a Nick. That's right. <laughs> I'm the, if I'm Nilakina or Dotson, I'm nervous about when I'm going to see playing time. Which is a shame for Dotson because he had a lot of highlights last year. And I've always been a big Nilakina is a point guard uh, proponent. But the way he's seemed to grow again this offseason, it doesn't look like he's going to be a point guard. But then, I mean, at small forward and shooting guard, there's just this glut of players. I don't know where Frank fits in other than point guard. Yeah, he fits in at the end of the bench. You've got like seven guys in that shooting guard slash small forward role. I don't yeah, know where I don't Frank's going to get time. I mean, look, we all love Nilakina, right? But I don't want him eating up those other guys' minutes. I want them on the court. Here, here's another one. This is Philip. Hey, guys. It's uh, Philip from Rochester, New York again. Uh, I'm calling to um, just have some thoughts. I was thinking about a couple of our, couple of our rookies and um, our development of our rookies. Um, we know that the thing that the Knicks love to do is to uh, trade away our rookies before the end of their contract, rookie contract, and everything, because we're looking for that particular star, and we haven't gotten that star in all, you know, all these years. And You know, Frank Nelikina, he's looking to be a bust, but should we be looking into more of our, uh, our development staff? You know, I always kind of wonder that. Like, we always have issues with rookies not being who we thought they were going to be. And um, furthermore, should we also look into, like, our training staff, too, because there are times where I turn the game on and just to watch the game, and we find out that, you know, X player is out for two and a half weeks or is out, you know, until further notice because they have this and that. And I'll be watching the games, too, and sometimes I don't see them get hurt in the game. So are they getting hurt, like, in practice or something? So that's two things. Should we look into training uh, – changing our training staff and looking to changing our uh, development staff. But, uh, you know, it's a hard life, and uh, thanks for taking my call, guys. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the development staff has really only been in place like the last two years, right? Didn't they kind of come on? that's what I was going to say. I think the big guy on the development staff is Craig Robinson. Yeah. Um, He hasn't been started with, like, I think he started with Fisdale or Perry or – these guys are just getting started. Phil. Yeah, and, and if there's one guy that doesn't get developed, like Frank Nilakini, you said, is a bust, that's going to happen, you know, which you can't put on the development team. But, I mean, again, look at Knox. Again, it was only Summer League, but look how he looked, right? Right, but um, look at look at Robinson over the course of yeah, one season last year. Yeah, look at Mitchell Robinson. So you can't come I, – I can at least come down on them at that. Alonzo um, Trier is another one. Yeah. I do think – really progressed. I do think you brought up a good point with the training staff. And that there may be something there because he's right. I mean, groin injuries and, you know, back issues and this and that, like a lot of these minor injuries that, that would linger for a couple of weeks and a guy would be on the DL for a while. Um, that's a good point. And maybe that is something there, right? That has to do with conditioning and, 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 and you know, and taking care of yourself and all, all that stuff. There is something to that because you're right. A lot of that stuff did happen off the court. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean that is something that could be looked into. I don't know how long that training staff has been there. You know, like the Phoenix Suns have always been known to have a great training staff. We've never been known for that. 
Yeah. See, see yeah, a like, hard-hitting interview we should get on the next show. We should maybe try to we get should. Somebody from the Knicks training find, staff. We should find, find out, out some information going on about that. Because yeah, Frank Frank like pulled his groin late in the season, was gone for forever. Yeah. What seemed like forever. Right. Knox was in and out of the lineup. Right. Trier. Something happened with Trier towards the end of last season, and he just we didn't see him for like a month. I guess you know what Barry's going to look into that for you, Philip. Yeah, I'm going to try to okay. get somebody on the air. That's your mission this week. On the next Wait, pod. Yep. Not when you're fucking driving, you idiot. No. Nope, not when I'm driving. <laughs> and not when you're doing those, uh, reading those obesity articles from your from your mother-in-law. <laughs> right? They're YouTube videos. Obesity videos on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, dude. That's going to do it for the show today. Are we not doing SeatGeek this week? Sure. Guys... <laughs> If you use SeatGeek, <laughs> you're like wheezing when you laugh now. Barry, are you okay? I'm, I'm great. What's your blood I'm pressure fantastic. like? Is it- I'm telling you, I've never been in better health in my life. All right, use, use promo code HARDNIXLIFE, all space, all, no, all, all caps, no spaces. $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life is an event and we have the tickets. That's how you do a fucking promo read, Barry. You just, I just eliminate out, half the ad. I just eliminate 98% of it. <laughs> All right, guys, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnextlife at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at hardnextlife. You can follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. You can call us at 516-33-MESH1. And leave us a review on iTunes, a five-star oh, yes. uh, five rating Preferably review. Preferably a five-star rating. Uh, we're, we want some nice yeah. words. That's right. So we can continue to be charting on iTunes and maybe move up the charts from number eight in Zimbabwe. So maybe right, number it's, five next Guys, time. it's helping. So just do it. All right? Gotcha. Barry and I get on here every night. Not every night. Once once a week. Provide some uh, free content. We hope you guys enjoy it. If you do, leave us a review. We might start trying to do two podcasts a week when the season begins. That's all going to depend on how many reviews you guys give us and ratings. All right, Barry. Is this the last episode from your bathroom or do you have any more? No. Um, I've got more. I've got more. I won't be in the new house probably till like August 7th. Okay, I think that at that time is when we start season three. Yeah, you don't want to start season three like when the Knicks start preseason? I like to coincide it to the season, no? I would like to start it coinciding with um, your new surroundings and not being in a bathroom anymore. I think that's more appropriate for the show. That's very kind, but I think the Knicks Knicks world takes precedence over my world. No, we're going to do it when you're no longer on the toilet. Huh. It's going to be a new season from a new bathroom. Or not a new bathroom. No, not a new bathroom. A new house. New house. For real, right. I, think, I think that's a good idea. All right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, until next time. <laughs> until next time, guys, it is a hard Knicks life. And Barry, don't ever tell me when to fucking end this show again. Maybe I will tell you when to fucking no, end it. No, you will you... never do that again, you little bitch. You're the little bitch. I'm sorry, bitch. you're not a little bitch. You're like a, a round bitch. Oh, really? I'm a round bitch? Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, well, you're a little <laughs> puny little prickhead. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.